Spotify has revealed its annual wrapped campaign for 2023, announcing the top streamed artists, albums, songs, and podcasts. But what about rival Apple Music's year-end campaign? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's get started. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, new security aid to Ukraine fails to get enough votes in Congress. Plus, McDonald's is planning to open about 10,000 restaurants globally by 2027. But first... Spotify's 2023 Wrapped has dropped, prompting listeners to review their top artists, genres, and songs of the year. Many are taking to social media platforms to share their listening trends with family, friends, co-workers, and even other fans on the internet. While Apple Music, a rival platform, has its own year-end campaign, it hasn't quite ignited the same online response. For more, we're joined by Seth Schachner, the managing director at Strat Americas and a former Sony music executive. Thank you so much for your time today. Good to be here. So Spotify has released its highly detailed annual survey of its listeners' streaming habits, and they're all about it, taking to multiple streaming platforms to post their music year in review. Why is this campaign so successful? You know, it's it's an interesting thing because music streaming, I think maybe inside the music industry isn't necessarily thought of as such a social thing. I think it's 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 tried to be that for, you know, since its inception. And I think, you know, Spotify, um, even though there were others before it, you know, just has become so big globally, um, certainly in Europe and, and certainly here, I think, you know, has kind of had a little bit of a you know, a head start and and a lead over over all the others, not not just Apple, um, but starting with things like Discover Weekly um, and you know new release you know up, updates every week that I think really excited people. And this specific one, which is wrapped, which kind of drops into your uh, you know under your Spotify or in your email, I think is a real favorite for people because it kind of gives them insights on what they've been doing the last year and. I don't think everyone, including myself, really realizes what they actually like. And it, it really points out some things from a musical perspective that that hit home. And so, um, you know, people really enjoy sharing it. It's, it's very easy to do so, um, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or wherever else you're going to share it. So they've certainly made it easy and they've done a... Um, you know, a super cool job with the graphics of it. I think you get three or four different type of cool colors, things to share. And um, boy, it does give you some real insights about you and what you're listening and consuming for sure. Yes, the the personalized Spotify data dump is a social media occasion. So it does give music fans the stats to show off their tastes and habits, but it is also a way to track consumers' preferences, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is maybe one of the things where it seems pretty clear that people don't mind that or don't care that, you know, and, and actually want to share that. Um, you know, there's probably um, a certain number of Spotify consumers, whether they're paying for it or free, that that have uh, what you might call guilty pleasures in, in those playlists and in those raps that maybe they don't want to share, you know, whether that's some weird Broadway song or a weird heavy metal song, whatever it might be. But um yeah, I mean, it's clearly about data mining. Spotify has uh, over the years invested really heavily in this. They go all the way back to buying a company called Echo Nest that allowed them to kind of algorithmically program and tailor 
playlist to people very personally. And I, I personally think they've always had a little bit of a head start and are a little bit more sophisticated than the others. I mean, to be fair, Apple, Deezer, Pandora, you know, everyone under the sun, Amazon for sure has all these different types of tailored recommendations. But um, this is one that's cut, you know, through the clutter a little bit and people want to share it and they don't mind. I think that, uh, you know, they're and I don't also think there's huge surprises. So you're seeing Taylor Swift and, you know, Bad Bunny and, and, and the big ones up there for sure. So. Absolutely. Now, Apple has its own end of the year campaign replay, but it hasn't elicited the same online response. Is this surprising given that Apple is such a major global brand? Not to me, it isn't. You know, I mean, I've worked with them very closely over the years through, through the infancy of, of this as a business, even prior to streaming. And um. They're super strong, and I think everyone's got core strengths. And I, I personally happen to see them more <clears throat> around devices and awesome integration between services and devices, and maybe not the the number one leader in, in social networking and sharing socially. I think uh, honestly, I'd probably talk about TikTok before I talk about any of the others when it comes to music and sharing, including Apple's competitors. So, so I um, don't know if I see it purely as an Apple versus Spotify thing. They do have a sharing component. They're a very strong American and global service. And I know a lot of people love them as well. So, um, but I, I wouldn't say there's um, something huge there in terms of why they're they're a little bit, you know, smaller than Spotify. It's just Spotify's got a very strong following that wants to share this stuff. And I think it's a unique aspect of uh, people's year with respect to sharing what they're listening to on Spotify. Now, a lot has been made in the past couple of years, sort of framing this as a war between Spotify and Apple. Do you uh, find that's the case? And is the market big enough for the both of them? Yeah, you know, in um, the good thing about digital music now, it's it's kind of got sort of plangent things happening to it. And, you know, streaming is at the point now where it's kind of maturing and some of the growth has actually uh, you know, it's not the same growth as it used to be. So, um, you know, no, I think that it isn't really just purely about the two of them anymore. Um, to be really quite honest with you, I think it's more about what AI is going to do, what, what's going to happen with TikTok and how far that will expand as a music entity. And, you know, there's loads of other competitors in there. Like people don't talk about services like Deezer or Pandora or iHeart or Amazon Music as much, but these are all companies that are own their own way are actually doing very similar stuff with sharing playlists and, um, you know, creating voice technologies and, you know, experimenting with AI. And so I do think that there's room for both of them. And, you know, Apple obviously has an enormous hardware business, and this is one piece of it. Um, so they're, they're going to be just fine, even if they're a little bit behind on this specific feature. Now, Taylor Swift certainly has a lot to celebrate. She has emerged victorious in a prestigious competition for Time Magazine's Person of the Year. She was Spotify's most streamed global artist. Would love to just get your thoughts on the year of Taylor Swift. Um, I mean, I don't know how much more can be said about her at this point. And I'm, I'm bullish and very positive about her. And I think um, what, I, what I'd probably say generally and about, about artists that hit a certain level of global success now um, you can look back at, you know, Bad Bunny or Jay Balvin and even talk about other artists from other genres like a Metallica or a Springsteen or a Sting um, that in all their own different ways are getting consumed globally. And I think, you know, streaming has really enabled that, not not just for American stars like like Taylor, but but, you know, there's a, 
some of these artists I'm mentioning come from Colombia or Puerto Rico, or, you know, certainly if you even go back with uh, some of the stuff that's come out of K-pop, whether it's BTS or some of the other hits have come from other territories in the same way that, you know, this has happened with things like Squid Game on Netflix. So I think the big, the big thing is that, um, you know, globally accessible streaming enables stars to get bigger and bigger and break across lots of different territories. And I think, I think that's the real story with her. Um, and I think she, she in particular has been um, a super smart strategically, everything from social media to doing deals directly with movie theaters here in the U S. So, so no, no surprise to me that she's getting named that and, and that she's still way up there on the top of the charts on Spotify and others. Mm, definitely a lot of accolades. Seth, thanks so much for your time today. Be here. The U.S. Senate vowed to keep trying to reach an agreement to provide billions of dollars in new security aid to Ukraine, but the renewed promise faces uncertainty after Republicans blocked a sweeping foreign security assistance bill. The U.S. Senate blocked an emergency spending bill on Wednesday, which would have provided billions of dollars in new security assistance for Ukraine and Israel. That's as Republicans insisted on tougher measures and more money to control immigration. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell said in a floor speech on Wednesday that Senate should, quote, stop meeting America's national security priorities, including right here at home, referring to the illegal immigration at the U.S. border with Mexico. The bill, which includes $20 billion for border security, provides about $50 billion in new security assistance for Ukraine as well as money for humanitarian and economic aid for the government in Kyiv, plus $14 billion for Israel. The final tally of votes was 49 in favor to 51 against, short of the 60 votes needed to start debate. Every Senate Republican voted no, along with Senator Bernie Sanders, an independent who expressed concerns about funding Israel's, quote, current inhumane military strategy. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, also voted no so that he could introduce the measure again in the future. The stalemate in negotiations about Ukraine and Israel funding has been going on for weeks. On Wednesday, Biden warned that a victory for Russia in Ukraine would put Moscow in a position to attack NATO allies and draw U.S. troops into war. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's going to keep going. History's going to judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. We can't let Putin win. On the streets of Kyiv on Wednesday, residents said they were worried and already felt the pain from delays in Western military aid. We already feel it. A friend of mine recently died fighting. We need to get the help as soon as possible. Every day of delay means loss of human lives. Yes, thanks to our partners, our defence is holding up. But regarding this issue, the congressmen need to speed up their actions because we all understand that we have less manpower than Russia. Congress has approved more than $110 billion for Ukraine since Russia's February 2022 invasion, but it has not approved any funds since Republicans took over the House from Democrats in January. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's chief of staff said on Tuesday postponing U.S. assistance for Kyiv would create a big risk of Ukraine losing the war with Russia. Ukraine conducted a major counteroffensive push this year, but was unable to break through Russian defensive lines. Russia is now on the offensive in the east.
McDonald's is planning to open about 10,000 restaurants globally by 2027. The company said the move could be the fast food giant's fastest period of growth in its history. McDonald's is set to supersize itself. The burger chain said Wednesday that it plans 10,000 new restaurants worldwide by 2027. That could make it the fast food giant's fastest ever period of expansion. The news came as McDonald's held a gathering for investors. It says many of the new outlets will be in overseas markets, with more than 3,500 just in China. The country is its second biggest market, and it recently struck a deal to gain greater control over its branches there. McDonald's has been largely unaffected by a choppy year for consumer spending in the US, thanks to its affordable menu. Chief Executive Chris Kempczynski said he was wary about making predictions for next year, but said the consumer had proved to be very resilient. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.